Hello and welcome to Apocalypse Duds yet again. I'm one of your hosts, Connor Nunez. And I'm Matt Smith. And we welcome you today to December. This is our first December broadcast. Things are recorded a little out of order. So anyway, arguably the worst month of the year. And so we hope whatever you must endure, you persevere. And I don't know. I don't have much to report. The kids are all crazy from Christmas and like 19 days, 19 days, Mr. Connor, 19 days. And it's like, like in a horror movie, you know, and they're like seven days. Yeah. But they're talking about 19 days till Christmas, baby. I mean, I remember, you know, I remember being excited that I'm like, okay, I got, I, I've only got 12 days until I can be the fuck out of this place for two weeks. And that was, that was yes. a magical time oh, as yeah. a child. Uh, I will have, I do have to come clean and say as much as I hate Christmas music. Thank you, mom. Uh, and the Carpenters Christmas <laughs> album. Uh, not that she plays them all year or anything, but my, my mom is a very, very, and my, my family in general are, are big Christmas people. This might be the first year that hearing Christmas music in a thrift store has not drive, driven me up a goddamn wall. Because that means I don't... <laughs> I was going to say you're growing up. Because that means I don't have to listen to the one chain of thrifts that I go to nearly every day is a contemporary Christian music playlist for a month or a month and a half. Cause they started playing it like middle. Do you of know some of the choruses to those songs, Matt? I know I, you do. I, I definitely do. Well, I recite them. Absolutely fucking not. But, uh, man, cause I, you know, I, some of them are really fucking funny. Oh yeah. Uh, they, they certainly are. But I I've said it before, maybe on this podcast, I don't remember. Uh, I'll say it again. If you ever need information out of me and need some waterboarding material, Modern contemporary Christian music is a great way to get me to tell you fucking anything because I will do wow. anything for to get that shit Noted. turned off. Jesus fuck. Yeah, just the worst, like the worst possible music on the planet. Uh, I will be not be taking questions on that. Oh, rum, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, fuck. fuck. <laughs> Christmas music also, but I'll take There's it. so many of them that are bad. Oh, they're all fucking yeah. shit. They're all terrible. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't I really have, have to much. agree with the Grinch. Yeah, I am a Grinch. I I, I own the Grinch uh, status. Oh, shit. I was going to buy another Grinch costume. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to do it. You should. Yeah, you should. I think I got to do it. Yeah. I got to do yeah. it. Uh, I don't really have much else to report either. Had a crazy long weekend uh, with a two-day market, and then I went out to a show at my buddy Matt's store. Shout out Factors Collection. Um, Matt's band No Head played, uh, and they were fucking sick. And then this other like I did. I honestly like I've heard this band's name a million times. I have not checked them out until very recently. They're called Upchuck, and they were fucking insane. Like, they're, 
kind of, I told Connor this, like, I, I don't want to sound, I don't mean this to sound pejorative, but they're like, they have hooks, but they're a hardcore band. So they're like kind of poppy and they're just fucking nuts. Like kids went crazy for this show. And uh, yeah, just check out No Head and check out Upchuck. Uh, no Head is a little bit more in the, I guess, shoegaze kind of vein. Um, or not shoegaze, like indie gaze. I don't know what the fuck to call it. Just good ass rock and roll. But yeah, that's that's been the highlight of my past week. So, yeah. yeah. I We have a sh- good show coming up. We do. We do. With Matt's pal Glenn Awe of Juniors uh in Philadelphia. So, yeah. This was Glenn's- kind of our first time talking to someone I don't know, talking to someone on this end of the business, right? Like with a, with a, with a shop. So it was interesting. And he's actually working the shop while we're interviewing him. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's pretty gritty. It's as gritty as this show gets. Right, right. Yeah. Glenn and Glenn is an old homie. We worked together a few years back um, for a store that will not be named. And we do not name on the podcast because fuck them. But he is, yeah, he's a kind of like old stock, or not old, but millennial old stock. Trad dude, worked at O'Connell's, you know, has been in the in the industry a while, and Junior does some great shit. Uh, mostly manufactured in the U.S., I believe, and just a cool take that, that kind of melds uh, more modern things with more traditional things and it was a good conversation great conversation we talked a little bit about you know kind of his coming up what he was around uh as a child juniors is uh an homage to his uncle and yeah he's he's got a lot of experience and it was really fun chatting with Glenn. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, anyway, thank you everyone for listening. If you would like to support the show and appreciate what we do, we'll take it. No, no pressure. Connor's Venmo is at Connor dash Fowler. He has not changed it yet. His PayPal is ConnorFowler at gmail.com. And yeah, stay stay tuned to hear our chat. And again, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. In our top secret lair on our private island, we bring you today the soft-shouldered sultan, Trad Dad, the ever-so-fly fisherman, Titan of tailoring, <laughs> the giant of juniors, haha, Glenn Awe Jr. Oh my god! Though maybe this is bad intel as well. <laughs> Thanks all, for coming. All accurate. Um, yeah, of course, it's amazing uh, to do it. I'm happy. It's glad I haven't talked to Matt in a long time, and this is our first time meeting Connor, so it's great.
Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. he'll do it on tape. I, I have sung your <laughs> I have definitely sung your praises to Connor in in our like friendship and during the show. Like I reference I feel like I reference you at least like once a week or something. Um and That's amazing, man. Whoa. I, I, I do have to claim the ever so fly fisherman was all me. All fucking me. I was gonna yeah. say this is a, this was like a Matt copy. Like, <laughs> like Matt, <laughs> Matt uh, takes Matt takes credit where it looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh when Connor says some dumb shit, I I have to distance well, myself. When it's a bad joke, Matt <laughs> runs away. A coward. I, I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying Connor, you do you. And so you I, say you say you're about equity, Matt. I right, want equal yeah. responsibility for jokes. We'll, we'll get anyway. into this. In, we'll get into this in the intro. Uh, how you doing, right. Glenn? I'm great, man. Uh, all is well. No complaints. Just um, well, I'll, I mean, you know, like there's minor complaints. Like I'm just like, and I are just like he's tired. You know, you have two. We have two kids. One right. that is months old now. So. Um, so yeah, so anyone with kids knows that vibe, and then Connor, I mean, you work with kids, so like you totally know that vibe. I get to wash my hands of them at the end of the day, <laughs> literally yeah. and figuratively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah, best I thing about here, and then do more. Yeah, the best thing about other people's kids is you can give them back. Um, I You're am right. not a, a, a fan of children, uh, although yours are adorable, and I like my friends' kids. But, uh, but yeah, you. don't don't want to, uh, you know, have any responsibility whatsoever for them. So both of you are doing much better than me in this in this respect. It's it's wild. It's um, yeah, I mean, I, w- I was up at four forty five a.m. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. See, that's crazy. Yeah. It's so much responsibility. Yeah. It is. But then, like, she took a nap before I went into the shop today. And like when I walked, when she woke up from the nap, I was still home. So to like walk in there when she was waking up is just like, I don't know. Then you're like, you forget about 445 for a little bit. Right, uh, right. There's just nothing like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. How has, uh, how's business been this fall? It's been great, man. Um, just like, yeah. I don't know. Like I saw some like silly meme the other day. It was like about like stopping and like having like a gratitude moment. And it just like, I mean, that hits me. It happens all the time. I mean, that happens a lot in the shop or like I'll go home and like tell Angela, um, who's my wife, um, about whatever, about like people coming in or like people buying and like, it's still, it still like hits me. Fuck uh, yeah. Like people and and like buying stuff from this like shop uh right. yeah it's just incredible hell yeah. yeah yeah it uh it 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 like almost validates in certain ways like but that constant that constant like you know appreciation for it is i feel like interconnected with this like weird little world that we're all a part of oh yeah yeah i just Like the tagline I always say to her is like, I think it's working. And, you know, we're going on like year three now of the business. Right. And she's like, yes, it's working. I'm like, yeah, but I think it's really working now. Um, Fuck yeah. 
it's just it's just incredible. So it's really special. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. We'll get into uh, this yeah, quote, yeah, quote, sure. this quote unquote business that we're talking about, which is great. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say the Instagram really speaks for itself. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Think, like, incredible, incredible. Just really, wow. Thank you. That's what I have to say about you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my limited, my like, limited knowledge. Like, spoiler alert, Glenn and I worked together in the past and is, like, a person that I really connected with, both as, like, a, a, a human and also, like, kind of, I don't know, kind of like a visual type of, or, or a visual similarity that we both shared and like us and our friend Daniel uh, Delatunji, who will be on yes. there eventually. Like, it, yes. I don't know, like for for a very short period of time, it was some of the best creative output that I feel like the three of us have shared. And it's yeah. so true. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and like that is to say that Glenn's, you know, Glenn's eye and his um just like his overall like perception of this little sphere of clothing it is almost unrivaled in my opinion. Not to talk you up too much. Yeah. Very very flattering, Matt. Very flattering. There's there's a whole thing to get into with that, with like Matt and Dan and like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll get there. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but but with the Instagram, I wanted I do want to shout out um so Damien, uh, who is my photographer for the shop, and also my friend. Like he's really become like a good, good friend, which is amazing. Um he does a lot of the photography, and now I'm uh also have someone who is in the photos who is Ontario Armstrong. Um and it's just like opened up a whole new avenue of like, Fuck yeah. there's great things in here. And like, I want people to see them and it gets harder and harder as like things get busier in my life to like be the model. Also, I feel like that probably kind of got boring for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice. Like, it's just so great. Like also if we're talking about like gratitude, like with customers, like even just the little network you start to form uh, around the business. So like Damien has been around really since like almost day one, you can say like we met up very early when I moved to Philadelphia and like, he's just been like uh, a great partner to have in friendship, but also like uh, photography for the shop. And then just like someone, it's great to be able to like go to someone and talk about, you know, the, the shop or the business itself. Uh, for sure. So yeah, for so, sure. Thank you. So you said you moved to Philadelphia. Where are you from? So I am from, my wife also is from Buffalo, New York. Um, was born and raised in Buffalo, New York. Um, and all, our family all still lives there. So we go back um, a little less frequently now. But during the pandemic, we were probably going back like once every three months, which was pretty nice. So, um, so yeah, I lived in Buffalo till uh, I've probably been gone maybe maybe 10 years now might be a little less, but something somewhere around there. So, yeah. So you're, I mean, you're quite established in Philly at this point. Yeah. So now I was just telling Angela this the other day, like, I can't believe like in February it'll be, we'll be in Philadelphia four years, which is wild. Oh, like it seems yeah, wild. Yeah. Yeah. Like made a pit uh, stop in Atlanta, which is where I met yeah. him from also Savannah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So we, I, so we both went the same path. So Angela went to SCAD in Savannah. 
uh, the art school there. And I followed her down. Um, so we lived in Savannah for a little while. I worked at a shop there for like a year and a half. And then we went to Atlanta. We were in Atlanta for maybe four years and then moved to move to Philadelphia in February of 2020. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember me, you and Daniel getting like lunch and then you were gone. Yep. And I, I like time has had no meaning the past few years for me. Like, it all Crazy. just seems like like one elongated year, and so I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. fuck yeah, that's just pre pandemic, and holy fuck, yeah, that's got that's gotta yeah. be fun adjusting to a new place in this this specific moment in time. It was so wild, like we missed out on so much in those first couple of years, just as far as like, um. I still feel like we're like learning the city because of that gap. Right. Like, right. Moving here and then not being able to do anything. Um, so yeah, I still feel like people are like, Oh, you've been to this restaurant or whatever. Like, and I'm like, no, I like in my mind, we're still, we're like behind because we missed all of that time. So, right. It was crazy. Like we were, we lived here for a month or for four weeks or whatever, three or four weeks. <laughs> normally and then it's whatever and you know the world has never been the same <laughs> right right yeah uh but we love it it's great fuck yeah yeah, yeah I, we're living in it. We're living I, in it. yeah i really do like philly's a great city um it's my friend chris roy's like favorite uh, what is fuck what's the phrase he always says i should have prepared for this but uh he always says that philly is the greatest american city in america or something like that and uh, yeah. I, I I would agree. Like it's a fantastic fucking place. I've never had a bad time in Philly. It's great. I always tell like my biggest. I always tell people if Buffalo were a real city, like no knock on, <laughs> like I love Buffalo, and everyone that knows me knows that. But like if Buffalo were like had a population of Phil, like Buffalo would be Philadelphia grown up. Right, right. There's like blue collar pride here. There's people who have lived here for generations that never left. Like. Um, but it's also Philadelphia is also a real city. Like you get the, like, you know, it's very condensed and congested and like, but without being overwhelming, it's, yeah, it's so under the radar, I think also too, like, um, you know, for raising a family and like cost of living, all of those things. Like, uh, it, it just hit the perfect spot for us. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, so Glenn, can you give us a 60 second CV? Um, you know, not, it, it doesn't necessarily say how you ended up in Philly, but I think it's going to be important for later on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, uh, started in Buffalo, especially with my career. So like started working at O'Connell's in Buffalo. That's when we're talking about like more like, like menswear industry. Um, then followed Angela to Savannah where I worked at a little shop down there called John B. Rook. Um, and then I was there for like a year and a half. It was like a year and a half vacation. I always tell people. And then after that, when she graduated, moved to Atlanta, it was just a perfect, easy little move. Like knew I could get a job there. She knew the same. Right. We were there for four years. And then, in, um, you know, we can get it all. I don't know how into that you want to get about like, you know, Joel Patton and all the dynamic at Stockton. But, um, right, but uh, once the writing was on the wall there, Philly had always been on the radar. So we moved here for multiple reasons. One, 
ultimately I would say like being closer to family in Buffalo. Like now it's a six hour drive and it's just much easier. So Right, right. Especially with two kids. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um what uh if you remember, like what's the first kind of like piece of clothing or style you can think of that really made an impact on you? Like in the in your younger days. Yeah. Yeah. This is I mean, this is perfect. Um it perfectly fits into what like hashtag menswear is and like that whole Tumblr era. Oh um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean Sid Mashburn's double monk straps, I remember, was like the first thing where I was like, Oh, those are cool and like I want those. Right. Right. Um now, for argument's sake, like I'm happy I never got them. Like um, I'm much more. I would happily sell anyone on a single monk as opposed to the double. Um, okay, this is where we that was disagree. Yeah, <laughs> this was that was the first item where I was like, so I wasn't working in men's clothing yet, and um, I remember like having, you know, I had like whatever a blog role in my bookmarks of like ten things I would read or whatever. Uh, daily working at another job and i just remember seeing his double monk straps and i was like wow those are just those are incredible so and then and then the alden tassel too, like crept in that picture and that's how i ended up finding o'connell's and all that okay so, okay uh, so but i mean there's got to be like if you're if you're following someone that posts a picture of a sid mashburn double monk like like, where did that start? Did you grow up seeing people wearing tailored clothing and you're like, oh, this is really cool? Oh. Yeah, I think there's two, there's two like major things. I think one is um, my dad worked in, he was a car salesman. And back then, car salesmen wore suits every day. So like my dad, I mean, my dad had a tie drawer like in his dresser. Like, you know, this was like, I don't know, whatever, a 20 by 12 foot drawer <laughs> that was like filled that. with ties. Um, yeah. And he wore a suit every day. So like, I think that just was like kind of ingrained in me in a way, like seeing him in a suit. Um, and then the, the other is also is my uncle, who is the namesake of the shop. His, you know, he's a junior. So we always called him junior. His family okay, called him gotcha. junior. I couldn't remember if it was your and uncle he, or your grandpa. Yeah, yeah, it's my uncle. So his my grandfather's brother. And he gotcha. um he was just always like put together, like always looked great. He also lived in New York. Like I remember going to visit him there and like he just had this like swagger about him, I guess, that like it was just like something about it. And then the clothes was like the cherry on top. Like he just always he I like I'm pretty sure. I can't, I don't know this for fact, but I'm like, I like have memories of him, like showing me how to like iron a shirt. And like, that's like a very, another thing that's like ingrained in my mind that I think had like a big impact on like liking clothes. And I've always liked clothes. Like I was the, I was the kid like with the back to school clothing budget. Like I was going into Abercrombie and Fitch and getting one outfit. And like my sister was going into three stores and getting multiple things. And I was like, no, I want like this specific quote best thing um sorry and i also i always like cared about like appearance or like perception in, uh in that way too hell yeah i was gonna ask about o'connell's um 
if you would say a little bit about O'Connell's and then tell us the stuff that you learned there. (laughs) Debunk all the myths for everyone. Right. (laughs) This might be the the first O'Connell's mention on this show somehow. Yeah. Um, I mean, O'Connell's like played a massive role in like what uh, juniors is like my personal style um, my style, like evolution, I would say, but, um, I remember like to go way back to the beginning then is like, I remember like finding out about Alden. This was like, this would be like a subset of like the Sid Mashburn double monk was like finding out what like Alden was. And I was like, Oh, that's incredible. And I remember like, I remember looking Alden up and I like found, and I like found out about O'Connell and I was like, Oh, this store, like in my city has Alden, like, that's pretty wild. And I was like, the tassel loafer. I was like, the tassel loafer is incredible. Um, so I like, I found out about them that way, but I never like went, I never like went directly there. Like I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go here. But then one day I was like in the neighborhood where they are. And I don't even know how, but it happened to like stumble in there. And I was just like, I didn't know what I was in at that moment. But then when I realized, I was like, oh, this is the place with the Alden and like, yeah, I mean, it was just, it's, it's just incredible. Um, So then I remember like when I was done with this job, I was at, um, I was like, well, I like clothes. So let me like, I was in retail before, like I've always been in retail. So I was like, well, I like clothes. So let me, let me just change gears from electronics retail, which I was doing to clothing retail. Um. And like, like anyone, like didn't know like what I was going to do, like after school or whatever. So I was like, yeah, we'll just go like do this clothing retail thing. So I, I remember I went in and this was like, I was already starting to like get my feet wet in clothes. Like I remember I had an LL Bean gray flannel suit um, that I would break up and wear the coat separately. And like, you know, J crew, like Ludlow trousers, like all of these things. And I remember going in there. And bringing my resume in there um, and gave it to Ethan Huber, who's one of the owners. Um, And, you know, they called me back for an interview and like I was in like, you know, it was uh, maybe 22 or something like that. Um, And yeah, started like part time and it just like I the 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 like synopsis of it i always give people is like i went in there wearing like ll bean like suit and j crew trousers and walked out wearing alden shoes hurtling trousers southwick <laughs> sport coat and like Hitman brothers shirt like i just totally like i was in i was in head first man and, like this, mean, was, that, this was my thing like that's not not synonymous with a lot of people's first experience with going to like the ludlow shop or to sid mashburn or whatever, yeah. like you, you have like a fledgling interest, and then your your mind is just totally blown. And by the time you yeah. leave, you're like, oh yeah, like, like I'm I'm real real into this shit now. Oh yeah, I mean, I was totally like hooked, and and they just like, they also just like brought me along, which I don't. I think that's a that's like you you have to work at a special place to like be brought along in that for sure sense. And I feel sure. I feel that way about a lot of the shop, like all the shops I was at, I was in such a nice, I was talking about someone with someone this the other day, 
like about moving to Atlanta and like if I had worked at Sid, what would have been different? And like I wouldn't, I don't think I would take it back. Like I don't, I, I don't think I would. I think it would yeah. stick with the path I was on. Like the things I learned from Chip were, you know, invaluable. And that I feel that way about O'Connell's. Like they taught me things that are here now and like things that help me run this business. And they like let me do small buying. And they like I Ethan would like talk to me about like the cloth and like I remember him like showing me Shetland sweaters and being like, look at this, and it's like a piece of hay, like right. in the knit. And like I that just was like I it just like sunk in me like it, I did, and I just love that like I love like the real the realness of it all the realness of For this sure. clothing like sure. these are the real things like um this is probably yeah, so a very it. it's probably a very niche topic for like our our audience but like as someone that has had that type of teaching also like those people and that experience is so important with yeah. whatever you fucking choose to do with it like Right. You know, like it teaches you so much that like, you know, I do, I do visits now, but it, it like a lot of my shit is informed by what I've learned working with fabrics and, and like listening to the, you know, the elders of the clothing industry, like, yeah. like Mr. Hurtling, RIP, um, oh my you know, God. like it's, it's so important and it's a very like particular experience, but it's one that like. I feel like any of us that have had that type of thing don't regret yeah. for a minute. Yeah. It's, it's like any, it's so funny how close you can be to a different path. Like, you know, when I was like leaving this electronics retail job, it was like, okay, I'm like looking for something else. And I'm like, okay, it's like, I'll look at Brooks brothers, like O'Connell's there's another small men's shop in Buffalo, but it's like way more Italian and like slick. Right. And like, it's just so crazy how like your path, my, the path, my path, but anyone else isn't, you know, you can apply this to any industry or whatever, like could have been different just based off of like one small change and like what O'Connell is to me and like, and is who I become like stylistically, but also like what juniors is like, is invalid. Like the, I always tell people, those guys are like family. And like, whenever I go back there, I try to always like drop in and just like, oh, we can so just sick. talk about anything. Like, it's just, it's just great. So, um, yeah, like I, I, I like grew up in that store too. Like I was a right. young 20 something guy, like coming in hung over on Saturdays and like, you know, getting pizza. And then like I left and I was like, I think I just had like more of a understanding of like who, or of what I liked. And, they were also, they also like took that input. Like, you know, they're the owners and they've been doing it for whatever, 30 plus years. But like, because I was younger and I was like genuinely into it, I also was like starting to get a small say. Like they took me to New York for the first time and like went to market and like, they really like brought me along, which like, I don't think, like you wouldn't get that experience many other places. Like that was, that's very special. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, uh, you know, it kind of teaches you like a lot of the ins and the outs of the industry in a very like hands-on way. Thousand percent. Well, it's like, like anti-corporate. Yes. A lot of places you work, it's a corporate manual and you go through it line by line with someone yep. whose job it is to make sure that you understand it. Yeah. Right. 
thousand percent. Like so, it's like immersion learning, basically, uh, versus whatever they try to force onto you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, my like, my resume is nothing, but my experience from O'Connell's and from any of these other shops is everything. Like the the hands on learning, like you said, Connor's. Like that's what I got. Like they were like, come over here and look at these swatches and like tell us what you like. Like it might not be the one we're gonna pick, but like we want to know what you like. Right. Um, and then it's like, okay, the belts need to be reordered. Like, reorder the belts. Um, you know, they like they like had they had a coat. I don't know if it's on their website still, but they had a coat made by Chrysalis that they like fully let me. And I'm gonna air quote like design because like you know we we can get into that too. But like you know they were like you pick the cloth, you pick the lining, you pick the style, and they like this was like near the end of my time there. And like, I had left at this point by the time it came in and they still, they like named the coat after me. So it was on the website oh. and it was called like the coat. Um, so That's yeah, great. I mean, like, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, like, I, like it really is like, I still like will text Ethan about like whatever hockey or anything like funny clients that like come in or like any of that stuff. So it, there it's really, really special place to me. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this kind of piggybacks because I, I, you know, knowing you a little bit, um, I think that the O'Connell's guys from like a, a third party perspective kind of seem to embody this concept. But like one of the two things that I think you and I always connected on um, were very soft, like tailored garments. Like it, they're just so comfortable. And then also just like wearing shit for the utility of it. Like, not treating our stuff as precious. And I think, yeah, me, you, and Daniel, I'll throw us in that, and maybe Steve later on, but, uh... Yeah. You know, like... Uh, I was like, like... Uh, I was wondering, like, how those two kind of things have evolved for you with, like, forming your own brand and your own store. Like, what, what do you take from, from your personal, um, your personal ideas about clothing and like infuse them in juniors yeah i mean that like i mean getting to atlanta and working with you and dan and like seeing clothes like one like minor uh small tangent off of that is that like every stop along the way every shop that i was at had an impact on like my evolution as a you know just like learning the business like at o'connell's it was Perfect foundation. John B. Rook is where I learned made to measure, which is like, you know, invaluable now to me. Um, and then at Stockton, at Stockton, I think I really learned, and this was from like you, Dan, you know, on a different level, Joel, on a different level, Steve, like just like how to be like comfortable in clothing and like not be too like fussy about it. Yeah. Um, and especially from you, like to, to like work to like live in the clothes, like to truly like live in your clothing. Like it's okay. And I tell people that now, like, don't worry, like, don't worry if you get something on it or like, if you tear it, like one, it can most often be fixed or repaired. And then two, it only makes makes it better. Like it becomes more of your skin rather than like, uh, this like special thing that we like keep, sealed away in the closet and like you know it yeah so that that's a huge thing of like living in your clothing um 
and that's that's how I approach juniors now too. Like no matter what it is with clients, if it's ready to wear, if it's made to measure suiting, like you have to live in the clothing. Oh, phone call. Mind if I step away? No, no, no. <laughs> get that. Get that. Okay. Right. Look at how realistic our show is. I like this. Yeah, this is a man at work here. We're back. You started juniors a few years back, and it seems to walk the line between the old guard, Ivy style, and the new of Italian-inspired clothing. So is that your goal when you set out, or have things evolved that way? Uh, it was That was definitely conscious, I would say. Like... I like coming from O'Connell's and especially like I, I have like uh, memories of Matt calling me trad Lord. <laughs> yes. Like yes. that was, that was like another thing of like working. That was like a big thing of working in Atlanta, especially with like you, Matt and Dan and Steve was that like, I really like stepped out of this like trad thing that I was so like stuck in. And like only thought, like, I remember, I feel like I remember like texting you or something, or, or maybe like being like getting my first like side vent jacket. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember. I to remember. that moment, like I was wearing, you know, Douglas model three roll two center vent. Like that was only thing I did. So like to take that step out stock being at Stockton and working with those types of people, and even those types of clothes too, like ring jacket and, um, I mean, Formicola, right? Like that was the first like oh, God, yeah. soft shirt thing I had like experience. Um, it just like opened my eyes to a whole nother like world that I was kind of missing up to that point or like, or maybe ignoring, maybe I was ignoring it. Um, being like scared, <laughs> you know, I've, I'm, I'm probably still like that in a lot of ways of like evolving my personal style. But like, those were things that I just felt like were more, appealing to me in like a continental aspect and like um just felt more me and my age like o'connell's was great and like told taught me all of that and like being in that like little trad world but to like do something that was slightly like younger and like it was just through a different lens and i think that's what's happening here in juniors is that like i have things that aren't like nothing in here is like different, but I think like seeing it through and this ties in with like, like you mentioned the Instagram earlier, Connor, like all that. It's just like mm-hmm. putting things on a, through a younger lens and on like different body type or just like worn slightly different, just like creates uh can create whatever a, a special can carve out a special space for juniors in the, industry, I guess I can say. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that's, that's like, that's worthwhile to say like that, it that it, that it's through this other lens that guys can relate to. I think that's important because like you see it, you see Shetland sweaters on like so many people that are, you know, like caught up too caught up in this like trad approach to it. I think it needs to be seen in other ways. 
Um, and that's, that's definitely something that's always on my mind here. Like to, to like w this suit today, I actually wore this suit for you today, Matt, cause I knew you would appreciate it. Nice. Even though, you, know, you can't really like, this is a covert twill suit that like you would really associate this with like, I mean, hardcore trad people. Yeah. But, like when it's, yeah. When it's just like, you know, you put your own spin on it. Like anyone, like anyone that's mid thirties, like when it's tapered a little bit more on the trouser and like, you know, it's a three roll two, but it's darted has patch pockets in us inside vents on the back and no pad in the shoulder. It's now, now it's like, well, what is it? Is it, is it Ivy or is it, you know, Italian or, you know, something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. And I just think so that's so important to do with like these, cause you don't want to lose these things. Like we don't have, we want to like lose what covert twill is or think that it's only reserved for like, you know, sack suits or something. Cause it's not. Um, so I, th yeah, I think that's super important. I'm always kind of like conscious of that, whether it's like through buying or like navigating swatches with people that like, you know, you don't, you don't have to shy away from those things. They're, they're great for a reason. Your grandfather wore them for a reason. You should wear them for the same reason, but you can do it in your own way. For sure. For sure. So we've talked about Philly a little bit. Um, why did you open in Philadelphia in the first place? Yeah. Like moving to Philadelphia was not, I never, the plan, I, w I did have the plan to start juniors to m like moving here, but there was never a plan for a shop in the beginning. It was really just to like start out by appointment, like, you know, visit at the time, like pre pandemic, pre three weeks before pandemic was like to like visit people in their offices or like, just like slowly build this thing up, have the online um, aspect of it. But Philly, like as a whole ticked a lot of boxes for like, for my family, um, being close to Buffalo with, with now two kids. So like we see our family much more often and much easier than we ever would have in Atlanta. Um, it was, we wanted to live in a, in a real city. Um, I mean, Matt, you'll, you know, this and Connor, if you've been to Atlanta, like if you don't live in midtown Atlanta within a six block radius, like it doesn't feel like a city. Like we had a house there and it was like, we had a house in the city of Atlanta. The zip code was the city of Atlanta, but like it was a house with a yard and we had two cars and a driveway and it like wasn't the city life we wanted. So for sure, Philadelphia checked that box for us. Um, and you know, like a small, a small part of it was that I was, I wanted to start the business and there wasn't anything in this world here. Um, so I knew that there was kind of like a gap, but I didn't know that like, I honestly thought moving here, I was like, well, there must be a small men's shop here. There must be like something where you can get like a Gitman brother, even if it's not private label, but there wasn't. And there, you know, yeah. like that was, that was like shocking to me. Yeah. Like, I can't you got, believe that. You've got boys that's been there since right. the dawn of time. And like, yeah. you know, not to, not to like downplay them. Like they're a great store, but it's it's not that personal experience like it's not that 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 kind of niche that your uh clients i'm sure are a part of 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, like Boyd's is legendary. Right, right. It's a, but but I mean, I think you and I both know from working in like men's shops in smaller cities, like it can be intimidating to go into a spot like that. Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a department store now, so that's a that's a different vibe. And like, I'm sure you get great help there. Um, but we have totally different styles, like totally different approaches to what, you know, clothing is or clothing should be, especially, I mean, on both fronts, ready to wear and tailored. I mean, they have great things that a lot of cities can't say that, you know, they, I mean, they have Keton and Isaiah and right, like, that's incredible. Right. Yeah. But, you know, but like, I, that's not my, I appreciate it, but it's not me. Like, um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we talked about this, Matt, at some point, but like, I love ring jacket. Like, I think it's amazing product, obviously, but like, it's way too cool for me. Like I am not, that, <laughs> gotcha. like, I'm not, yeah. I, I never, there was a small point at Stockton where I felt really good in it. And I think that was me like learning to like a different style, but like when for it sure, came down to sure. it, I felt the best in the in this in an american tailored garment so i had to like combine the two i mean that that Um, like you just described my entire philosophy with tailored clothing like i i you know southwick rest in peace was the the best garments that i've or my favorite garments that i've owned and like right that's you know that's important like it's taking the taking the thing that like you feel is really rad and making it your own, which I think you and I both have tried to do in our like clothing evolution. Yeah. 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 So like that, those, that was just like, like a, you know, ring jacket was like a stepping stone to like, like I, like I, there were things that I appreciated about it that I never would have if I wouldn't have ever tried it or ever worked in it in Atlanta and, and all of these things. Like, so, you know, so yeah, so bringing it back to like Philly, not having a shop like this and like Boyd's being here, like it's an, it's an amazing space for me to fill to like say that like you can come to Philadelphia and like if you want a Shetland sweater, like you can come here and get like Brooks Brothers is two blocks away, but like that, I'm sorry, that horse has been dead and I wish people would stop eating that <laughs> yeah. horse. For no like, shit. So like I'm really not ashamed to say it anymore. Like Brooks Brothers is just so dead. Like just we yeah. just gotta let it go. Because also because on the flip side of that, I think in a lot of cities or like maybe even a lot of guys like you could find a small shop in a city nearby you that would just like benefit much more from your business rather than like, than Brooks brothers, you know, like, dude, also like, also fuck Brooks brothers for like (laughs) doing their dumb shit and Southwick going out of business. Like that, that alone is, is my main like beef with those assholes. That was, I mean, I had never worn anything besides Southwick until I wore rain jacket at Stockton in Atlanta. Like, right. Yeah. That's all I knew. Southwick and Hurtling trousers, same thing, like Hurtling, like rest in yeah. peace, man. Like what well, legendary that, business. Yeah. No, no shit. And I, I miss <laughs> Julie and I miss the business itself every day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
feel like I got way off tangent on the initial question. No, dude, I, I, that's we are all about tangents no, on this program. It's a complicated answer. Yeah, it is a complicated answer. I mean, honestly, I'm, though, I'm like you, you, you describe perfectly why Philly makes sense for you, and like that makes yeah. that makes total sense. You're filling a niche that is not there for people that maybe or maybe not listen to this program. And, uh, yeah, have, you know, they're like, where, where the fuck am I going to shop? I don't want to go to a, to a Neiman's type spot. I don't want to go to, you know, this place that may or may not actually have good clothing. Like, yeah, you know, I, like, it was, you, it was so, it was so puzzling. Like I could not believe that, that like you could come to this city. There's an Ivy league school right across the river. Right. Right. Like, the founding uh, city of the country. Like you couldn't find these like classic menswear, men's clothing essentials in this city. And I was just like shocked by that. Hell so, yeah. so yeah, on the flip side, like to fill that void, uh, like I feel really lucky to be able to do that, especially, you know, that it keeps growing. Um, so it, it's filling a need here too. It must be filling a need. Like if the business is growing, it's filling a need here, which is also totally. incredible for the city. Like, totally. like more stores, the merrier in a way, like, you know, uh, rising tide floats all. Boats, up, right? Yeah, dude. Right. Yeah. I was literally just thinking that same thing. Like it's, right, it's right. better for so everyone. Glad so glad I got the quote right for the podcast. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, we have it on tape. We do have it on tape, yeah. Um, so what what would you say the like, you know, m- like the regular juniors clientele is like? What's the core of the juniors business? One of one of the cool things that ties into like seeing traditional styled clothing like through a different lens is that like it's also like how we get in our information now, like Instagram and social media and all that. Like, but like the core customer is pretty young, which is like, which is, I mean, it's fun. Like young guys looking for suits, young guys looking for clothing of quality. Um, Like young guys looking for good help. Like now more than ever, you can get a suit anywhere, right? Like suit supplies on the next block. But I get guys that come in and they're like, I was in there and I had to like ask them not to make it, like painted on my body like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like those guys come in and i'm so happy to like um just like be a part of their journey and like talk about like anything from you know because you get all different guys you get guys that come in and we're talking about like quarter inch differences and in, you know our inseam or like half inch differences and in rises and things but then like you get guys that come in there like I'm starting my next phase here of like buying clothing and it's amazing to like show them, you know, they're like, I need my next great Navy suit. And we're looking at like Hardy Minas Fresco and like Doug Leno. It's just, it's so much fun to like work through anything with any type of guy that knows what they're coming into or guys that are like coming in for the first time. And they're like, tell me what the shop's about. So like, um, so it's, they're all great. Like I, like this, the quote has been like, the suit's been dying for 10 years, but like, I, I get guys that are coming in and they're like, I need a Navy suit. Yeah. So yeah. Like, F- fuck that. that. 
Fuck yeah, that, just that shit. No, no. Yeah. The, the suit's never going to die. Like, there's going to be a, a Rolling Stones mid-60s, you know, resurgence at some point. Like, that kind of shit. It's just, it, like, the suit goes through so many iterations, but it sustains itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so the short answer to the original question is that, like, there's, it could be anyone from, like, starting a wardrobe, you know, even even if we're talking about, like, starting a wardrobe, like, your mind quickly goes to, like, a suit, like a navy suit, navy blazer, gray trousers, but I have guys that come in, they're like, I need to, like, take the next step in my wardrobe, but I don't need to wear a suit. So now we're looking at, like, cotton canvas trousers and, like, uh, Oxford cloth shirts and Shetland sweaters and, like, I have attorneys who like wear the work jackets to the office because like they feel naked without a top layer. Um, so uh, since the pandemic, that like variety has like changed more than it ever was in my career. Um, and it's fun to like help guys navigate through that for sure. I too feel naked without a top layer. So I, oh I my commend God. it. Yeah. It could be 98 degrees out, and I will wear a jungle jacket on the hottest. <laughs> Do not go outside in just a t-shirt. Like, I have to have something on top. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, the next question. With formal clothing, at least, um, design is sort of a misnomer. You're not reinventing the wheel. You've expanded into some other casual garments that work well in a wardrobe that is mostly based around formality. Sorry. Is there a process for figuring out what you think will work? I mean, I guess this is related to what you were just saying. Right. Yeah. Like, I always tell like people come in and because everything is made for the shop, like this, the, that question of like, like if we're talking about like what, like the word designer as a whole, like I, like there's mm-hmm. nothing, I don't design anything in here whatsoever. Like, you know, I like my, but like my shirt collars, like it's proprietary. Like that was like something I figured out, but like organically just through myself, like everything through the shop, like runs through me obviously, but like most of it has some sort of like back journey through my own personal style. Um, so yeah, so, you know, everything in the shop is like made for the shop. Um, you know, finding manufacturers that will work with me, sourcing the materials myself in, you know, in maybe half of the cases. Um, but the, the old, like the goal, you know, there's that cliche, like if the, if a photo, if you were taking, um, if someone took a photo of you and it was black and white, you know, it's like, you wouldn't, you shouldn't be able to tell which era it was from. And that like, I, I'm pretty, I'm feel pretty firm on that in the shop. Like that's how everything in the shop should appeal to everyone that walks in, whether it's a made to measure suit or whether, whether it's ready to wear clothing. Like uh, we just want to navigate as close as possible to being right down the middle. You know, the trends I get, I've, it's been fun because like now that the trend is sort of shifting back to this fuller silhouette, I have some guys who come in and want like, high rise trouser with a, with a full leg, but then I'm still getting some guys who come in and they're like, you know, do you think the leg needs to be tapered? So like you get both dynamics of it. Um, Mm -hmm. 
so it, it's interesting to work through that with everyone. Um, and then, yes, like the, that, like the way, like I said, you know, whatever, a couple of minutes ago, like the way that people dress now for the workplace has changed more than ever in, in my career. I have, I have, I have some guys that come in and they're like, I'm wearing like a sport coat and a trouser, a proper like dress trouser three days a week. And then I might have like attorneys who come in and they're like, I have guys in the office wearing like, you know, golf club polos and chinos. I don't feel good in that. So we're like looking at like the work jacket, pairing it with like knitwear underneath, like this, this Merino polo that I'm wearing now, like has been such a great thing for the shop to help like navigate that for guys. They don't want to wear, you know, they want to be perceived as dressed up, but they want to feel good. Right. Like in what they're wearing. So nobody feels good in a plastic polo shirt. I'm sorry. Like (laughs) fuck Peter (laughs) Bellar, fuck plastic polo shirts, performance my ass. Oh my God. It's just Just, polyester repackaged. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, I've told you before, it feels disgusting. It feels gross. My, My, the, the first day that I worked at, the shop that we have kind of named, but not really in Atlanta. Um, my, the person that had hired me, Pat, wonderful human taught me so much. Never met Pat. Uh, yeah, you, you missed, man, I'm sorry you missed out on him, but he was showing me around and was showing me what, what their big, you know, things in the shop were. And Peter Millar was one of them, (laughs) namely the performance polos. And I yeah. felt oh. I felt one, and I said, "Pat, the fuck is this?" And yeah. he was like, "That's why I hired you, Matt. That's why I hired you." <laughs> well, it's like I had a similar thing leaving O'Connell's and then going to this shop in Savannah, and I had you know I I was at a shop in O'Connell's that was like you know you're talking to a manufacturer and they're like private label it or we're not ordering it. And then I go to Savannah and they're like, they have the racks full of like Southern Tide polos. I was like, oh, I don't, like, I was like, having a small crisis. I was like, I don't know if I can work here. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> of course. Of fucking course. That, yeah. That's, so, yeah. Totally know what that is for sure. So that should have been your <laughs> reaction. Yeah. That should be any normal person that like actually enjoys clothing's reaction. To seeing yeah. something Todd or Peter Millar or any of that. We could do a whole hour on oh, this. I, oh, yeah. I was just thinking of like the whole like, like our overlapped time in Atlanta, like with Dan and like that whole journey of like what we were working on there together. Right. And like, um, it's so hard to change the mind of, of like old guard, right? If we're talking oh, about that, like, yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, if you, if you were, if you like were in the menswear like store in the 80s and 90s and you sold as much as they sold, there's no change in that. There's no changing yeah. that idea, which is sad. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, I feel like that's that's how a lot of stores die. That's one thing here that just made me think of something here that I think a lot of people. I mean, these guys who were just in said it, they like someone, two people said it today. And I think, I think there's something to be said for it. 
is that people come in here and they immediately recognize that there's a point of view in this shop. Like everything is so conscious. And this goes back to me like saying like, I don't like there's no designing in here, but it's obviously thought out. Like, you know, everything goes with everything for a reason. The colors all look very similar for a reason. And it's when people notice that and they point that out to me, that's even that's like fulfilling in its own way is that they recognize that. And then on a larger scale, like if we're talking about like what the store in Atlanta was or what the store in Savannah was, or even what, what Boyd's is, I mean, Boyd's does have a point of view to a degree, but like people will notice it and they appreciate it. It's like Sid's quote, like, you don't need all the choices. You need the right choices. Right. Right. And that's like, that's what that is. And that when you look at like other shops that even I look up to, they all have that in common too, is that there's a strict point of view. It's okay to say no. Like, you know, you're at a trade show or you're getting pitched something or like someone comes in and they're like, <laughs> no, I, I get people all the time. You know, I have, I do. And I have Navy canvas trousers because like people ask for them. But I don't love them and I'm not afraid to tell people that. And I think they're okay with like listening to that and making their own decision from that. Right. Um, like there, there is something in that to like to take your stance on something and really believe in it. And that's also a big part of what this shop is that like these things are in here or the, it looks this way for a reason because I believe in it. If you go made to measure – you know, there's a house style here, but like, do you want to change it? If you've never worn a three roll two in your life and you want to do two button, like that's totally fine. Yeah. But like yeah. to ha- walk into that, I do think people appreciate that, that point of view. For sure. And, and I think that like, that's a lot of the way that clothing interest has changed over the years, especially the past 15 or so, you know, people, people want something that like they identify with. And there's, you know, there's only a certain amount of that shit that you can get from someone that isn't just like a person running a store, like a person trying to do this. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, it's beneficial to have good help to like, totally like saying that not just like in a salesman way, but like to know that you're going into a shop that like, I don't know, maybe you don't feel, maybe when you walk in here because it's so like, uh, noticeably i hate using the word like curated but like because it is that way you maybe there's a certain comfort that people can get with that for sure as opposed to walking in somewhere there's like every choice there's like five fits of the pant there's you know it's just too much yeah it's overwhelming this is yeah it's very yeah totally real it's a totally real thing Agree, agree. Um, so to finish out, we don't want to do some dumb cliche shit like wardrobe essentials, but uh, well, I I loved it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I got <laughs> like, what are five <laughs> things that you in your daily life get the most wear out? Yeah. Um, one thing this 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 is a Steve Clark note. I, from working with Steve, like fell in love with wearing suede, specifically brown suede shoes. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
I exclusively now, like maybe once a month or twice a month, I will wear something other than a brown suede shoe. Maybe even other than a suede shoe. Like I might do like a snuff or something like that. Um, so it's pretty rare that I wear calf, but like I pretty much exclusively in brown suede and my favorite, favorite pair is my brown suede tassel loafers from Alden. The like those cents. are, those are number one for me. Like I will get another pair. Like this pair I have now is on its second sole and like they're easily my favorite shoe. Like if I want to feel great, like those are going on my feet that day. Right. Right. Um, my barber, like, also, like, so sad how that, like, has become, like, mainstream-ish in a way. You know, the classics, mm. those classic models, you know, they never, like, fade. But now, like, I've had mine for 10 years now and, like, finally have, like, had, like, major repairs done to it where it's, like, it looks, like, it looks good. Like, I always looked up to John Huber's barber, like, it, at O'Connell's. Like, it was, like, he, like... I remember one day he came in and he was like, I was putting the kids in the car and he like ripped the arm of it. And the whole thing was like ripped the sleeve, but like he got it repaired. <laughs> it like amazing, like different color green patch on the underarm. I was like, Oh my God, I can't wait till I like get something like that. And now I like have that. And like my bar, like I love my barber is like also right up there for me. Like I, the, I, the funny thing I always tell people is like, if the house is on fire, like I'm grabbing the barber. Like that's how much I love. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Those two quickly, quickly come to mind. Um, after that, I don't know, maybe I don't have any like major connections or anything that I can think of after that, but those two, two is are, great. Yeah, for me, two is great, and those are like daily. Those are like daily wear. So yeah, yeah, we're satisfied Uh, with your answers (laughs) (laughs) for sure. (laughs) All right, dude, Glenn, thank you so much for coming on. Um, And uh, this has been hella fun. Um, We want to give yeah every guest a chance to shout out what they want to. So this is yours. Yeah. Um, I do, I have to shout out Derek guy who guys, you guys had on recently, um, who like, he knows more about some people in this industry, right? Like no argument there. He recently tweeted about the shop, which oh, was yeah, just like, I, I meant to, uh, screen cap that and send it to you yeah. and I totally forgot, but I'm glad you saw yeah, it. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, that was amazing. Like I woke up and, uh. It was like another baby early morning wake up. And I was like, why does this site have like, you know, crazy amount of hits on it and uh, like popped on and like, that's where it was coming from. And like, just that kind of, that type of like genuine recommendation is just incredible. And that's like any of that, like people that come in and they hear about it either from Derek or like a friend told me about it or like they, they discover it through some kind of organic way, which like, I don't do a lot. I don't, I hardly do any paid advertising, but like when people, people find out about the shop organically. Um, and that was a major thing. So shout out to Derek. Um, shout out to you and Dan. I mean, you and Dan have like shifted my style, uh, so much. So like there's fingerprints of like you guys, I would say on my personal style for sure. No one does tonal dressing better than Dan Tunchi. Yeah. Like, 
Of course. Just just incredible. Just a master. Uh, a master. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Joel Patton, major, major um like talk about a true like leader to work under. Um I mean that was he was just great. Agreed. And like like starting out with this, like like talk used to talk to him about it and still like shoot the breeze every once in a while, like couldn't have asked for someone else to uh to work under like that. So and there's a lot there's I mean there's other totally so many other things, right? But uh um but yeah, it's been great. Fuck yeah. And shout out your shop, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, the shop my shop is um juniors in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Shopjuniors.com at shopjuniors on Instagram. Yeah, it's fucking great. Uh if you like really cool shit. Um across the <laughs> I knew like, that's what you were gonna say. <laughs> you, you, yeah, I, I have a I have a way with words, that's for sure. Um <laughs> anyway, once again, Clint, thank you. Um if you have questions, comments, concerns, drop us an email, please. Uh apocalypse studs at gmail.com um at apocalypse duds on Instagram. I am Matt Smith at Rebels Rogues. And I'm Connor Nunez. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Real Connor Nunez. Thank you. Real Connor Nunez. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right.